WWE Universe, the DLU Podcast is now a brand affiliate of WWEShop.com. That's right. Get all of your latest merchandise from your favorite WWE superstars and wear them proud. So whether it's CM Punk, Randy Orton, L.A. Knight, Rhea Ripley, Seth Rollins, the Tribal Chief himself, Roman Reigns, and legends like Bret the Hitman Hart, The Rock, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and so many more. Did I mention championship belts? That's right. Get all of your favorite championship belts through the years, including that favorite Spinner WWE Championship. But also, if you're an NFL fan, you can get your very own team championship belt. If you're a Cowboys fan, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, heck, if you're an LA Rams fan, it doesn't matter. The WWE shop will have your belt for you. So once again, go to the link that's in the description and you can go to the DLU podcast, wweshop.com affiliate page where you can get all of your favorite merchandise. Get yours now. This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. Welcome to another edition of the D. Lou Podcast, brought to you by Believe Network. I'm your host, Derek T. Lewis, and I want to thank everybody um, that commented, that uh, reached out to me regarding last week's episode when I interviewed my mom. Um, she was over the moon about how, how everything came out, and you know, I really appreciated you know her coming on to, like I said, to tell her story. And I'm beyond, you know, overjoyed if I could if I could say on how everything turned out. So. Hopefully, you'll be hearing some more family members sooner than later. I can promise you that. But I want to start off by congratulating the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, They won the Super Bowl this past Sunday night, um, beating the uh, 49ers in overtime. Actually, this is the second Super Bowl in history to go to overtime. Of course, the first Super Bowl to go to overtime was seven years ago at Super Bowl 51 when the Patriots defied all odds being down 28 to 3 and coming back to win Super Bowl 51 by the score of 34 to 28 that was one hell of a comeback probably one of the greatest comebacks in sports history but you know kudos to the Chiefs and um this could be a dynasty you know what I mean if they're you know they're saying it's a dynasty then hey man somebody's got to go out and beat them that's the name of the game you know, speaking of the Super Bowl, you know, huge shout out to Usher for putting on one hell of a Super Bowl performance at the halftime show. You know, we have some special guests, you know, Alicia Keys, um, her, also Lil John and Ludacris. That was, I mean, this man was on there with roller skates on. I'm just like, that is, that's incredible. You know, he had um, some brass players, you know, on the on the field and just, just an overall performance. And, you know, he benefited greatly from it. I mean, his streams went up like a lot, <laughs> his music streams, and of course his um, his tickets that went on sale, you know, the ticket sales have been going really, really well, so, you know, I, I may I may slide through and check out Usher in, in concert, because I've never seen them live, and I can't believe this, this dude has already been in the industry for 30 years, 30 years ago his first record came out, so time really, really flies, but this episode, you know, this week, I have the honor and privilege of speaking with someone in the pro wrestling ring announcing and um, commentator space. You know, she's been in the industry for a few years, and her and I connected 
you know, on social media uh, two years ago. And, you know, she's here to talk about all aspects of her life, you know, serving in the U.S. military, you know, um, getting involved, you know, in wrestling and being a mom and going to school and how she's able to juggle all of these things. It's the one and only Savannah Gall. And let's not wait any longer. My interview with Savannah starts right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, it gives me great pleasure to introduce um, a woman that her and I share the, the, the pro wrestling space in the ring announcer uh, realm. She's also a broadcaster. She's even a United States uh, Navy individual. She served, and I'm very proud to have her on the DLU podcast, the one and only Savannah Gall. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's been, it took us forever to get together, but finally we're together. Yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> we, we've crossed paths uh, maybe about two years ago on social media, and just it's just crazy how professional wrestling just kind of just it's almost like magnetic, right? Where we just kind of yeah. just align, you know what I mean? So, um, like I said, finally an opportunity for us to connect and um, talk about all of that you have going on with life, pro wrestling, and, and everything in between. And speaking of life, look, obviously you're a, a proud native of Cincinnati, Ohio. You're a proud Bengals fan and all Cincinnati sports. And we've had uh, numerous yes. conversations. <laughs> so talk about Savannah growing up in Cincinnati. Um, so I went to a Catholic school. Well, I was pretty much private school my whole time. Um, okay. I went to, I don't know if you know who Marva Collins is. No, no not familiar. She, no. she was a black educator. She opened up a school in Cincinnati or in Chicago, but there was a school in Cincinnati. So I went there. So it means considered an all-black preparatory school. Um, I went there from second to fourth grade, and then went to a Catholic school my whole time um, up until eighth grade. Um, Went to an all-girls Catholic high school my freshman year, then transferred to North College Hill, where O.J. Mayo was at oh, O.J. Mayo, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, O.J. Mayo, Bill Walker, and all of them. So there was, like, a lot of media coverage around our high school at the time. I was a basketball cheerleader during that time. Um, and then my dad got active duty orders to uh, D.C., so we had to move to Virginia. After oh. that, so I've been in Virginia since. Okay, wow. So, and I hear a lot of, and I've had um, contemporaries of mine, friends of mine that were military, as they, I don't want to say military brats, but I mean, it's like you kind of mm -hmm. have to move, you know what I mean? So yeah. what was that like in regards to picking up and moving to a whole new area, a part of the country and having to, I guess, connect all new dots now with like new friends, classmates, etc. So, well, I was lucky enough to not have to move around because my at the time, my dad was National Guard. So he only served on the weekends and then like two weeks out of the year, like Army Reserve. Okay. It just so happened when 9-11 happened, mm. he got deployed twice. So he oh, went wow. to Bosnia um, the first time in 2001, has okay. been to Iraq a couple of times, missed my high school graduation. Mm. Um, but it was when he actually converted from um, the reserves to active duty. That's when I had to move. Got it. Got it. Totally understand that. 
Now you say you were cheerleaders, so was it a little bring it on? <laughs> was it a little bit of that? So talk about being the cheerleader. Um, it was fun. I still keep in contact with. Um, it was just a small group of um, us, and we still keep in contact to this day. Um, I had fun. I mean, I tried to. Um, when I moved to Virginia, I tried to try out. It just didn't work out. Okay. But you know, the time I when I was at North College Hill, I loved it. Good, 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 good. Now, when was the first time that you laid eyes on pro wrestling? What was that moment? You know, was it you know was it a, a pay per view? Was it a show? It was a live event. What was it that when you connected with wrestling for the very first time? Um, so it was when I was really little. I was at my uncle's house. He's a wrestling fan. And that was when WCW was going on. And okay. he's a big Steam fan. Mm. So, uh, you know, every time I spent time with him, it was always we're watching WCW and we're watching Steam. Um, and then as I grew up, I kind of took a step back from it. Um, I'm actually also a NASCAR fan. So I like that whole time I was watching NASCAR races. And it wasn't until I was active duty Navy, um, I was in my barracks room, I was flipping through the channels, and I um, it was AJ Lee that kind of brought me back in. Oh, wow. So that was a huge gap. Wow. Yeah. That was a huge gap. So you're talking about, you know, 99, 2000, 2001, where WCW ended, and then AJ Lee, you figure 2010, yeah. Wow, that's a huge gap. It's about 10, 11 years. That's that's incredible. But it's just incredible to see how it's it could take one person to bring you back into wrestling. You know what I mean? That's huge. Mm -hmm. And AJ has um she's influenced uh, this generation, this crop of women wrestlers now. You see a lot of, you know, the Cora Jades and the Roxanne's of the world, you know, they'll tell mm -hmm. you that AJ was a huge influence, you know, on their on their careers and getting involved in the world of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned that you again. You served in the U.S. Navy, as I mentioned in the early part of the interview when I did my introduction. So, what was it that? When did you make that decision to say, "Hey, I'm going to join the Navy"? When when was that decision made, or how did you make that decision? <laughs> so, um, growing up, my parents kind of instilled in me, "Hey, we're not paying for your college. You want your college paid? Join the military." Because you know the GI Bill. If you serve four years, um, the automatic they'll pay for like your whole degree. Um, and it was uh, high school um, that I was going through like all my pamphlets. It was the Air Force. Like mm -hmm. I was stuck on joining the Air Force at one point, but mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of medical stuff that had disqualified me, mm -hmm. but the Navy was able to pick me up. So, um, I graduated high school in June and I left boot camp in September. Wow. 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 So, so you spent eight years in the, in the Navy. So w were you looking to make a career there? Is why you stayed as long as you did? Yeah, I wanted to do 20 years. I wanted to become an officer, which I mean, technically I could still do that. Um, I have until I'm 40 to make that decision. But um, it's you see what's going on right now in the world where 
they're having a hard time recruiting people. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was in, they had too many people. So they were forcing people out. And because I couldn't pick up rank in a certain amount of time, I was forced out. Oh, wow. That's yeah. sorry to hear about that. But I was going to say, if you got to a 40, you got about, you know, 15, you know, 15 years. <laughs> you, got, yeah. you, you got a long time for your 40. I mean, and the way things are going now, they may keep raising the age limit up. You never know. Yeah, it's true. You know, I, I'm 45 and I'm just like, eh, maybe, but you never know. But yeah. <laughs> so you talked about, you know, you were in a, a military sorority. And what were some of the life lessons that you learned while serving in the military? Ooh, um, leadership one. Um, I mean, my time in the Navy was probably um, the best time of my life. You know, I got to see 12 different countries, been deployed three times. Mm -hmm. um, I was my first ship, um, USS George H.W. Bush. I was the first crew on that ship to deploy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, got to be in the same, well, a hangar bay. Got to be in the same area as both of the Bushes, um, the late uh, George Bush and George W. Bush. Um, it's, um, you know, I learned, you know, leadership, um, do, being self-sufficient and doing things on my own. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, I, I I was in the Drum and Bugle Corps activity for two decades, mm -hmm. and those similar lessons I learned, too, you know, as far as, you know, having to do for yourself and take care of yourself, um, being accountable, you know, being dependable, um, being on time, time management, you know, all those, mm -hmm. those life skills that it could take you so far in the world. And, you know, I'm appreciative of those years that I spent in drum corps. And I'm sure you could say the same about being in the Navy. And it also looking out for like your, uh, call them battle buddies, but like, because like we're deployed, you know, got other countries that don't like us. Right. And, you know, we were, you know, 2011 was my first deployment. That was exactly 10 years after 9-11. Right. I'm on a ship last name Bush. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, we would have, like, do all these drills to, to, to you know, like, um, just stick together pretty much. Because, like, our lives are in each other's hands. Indeed. Indeed. Now, in 2017... You started to train to wrestle. So what what when was that decision? Because I mean you're going from the Navy to now getting to the world of professional wrestling. When did that the light bulb hit and say, I want to be a wrestler? When did that happen? And where did you train? So um it was my last deployment. Um I was it, I just caught that bug. Um, so I went to a local indie show, mm -hmm. um, took my then two year old with me. It was raining. 
that's how me and Billy Dixon <laughs> came <laughs> to uh, came across. Okay. Um, so I wound up a probably let's say like a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to his school, um, okay. and it wasn't a really good school. So that's why I kind of um, you know you get, <laughs> you got some good schools and you got some bad schools and you got some really bad schools. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I went to a seminar where um, I was told, hey, you, uh, you, you really need to switch schools. So um, I jumped to another school, Primetime Wrestling Alliance in Yorktown, Virginia. And I was there for about um, a year and some change. And then because of, I had to take a step back. Because, well, not only like what I was dealing with while I was training, but like the transition from military to civilian life took a toll on me mentally. And like, mm-hmm. I just needed to take a step back, a step back from wrestling and journal and just get back to myself. Talk about that for a second. And if I have if I have the floor to do so, you know, tell me <laughs> yes or no. What yeah. was that? What was that transition like for you going from? you know, military life to civilian life? Hard. Um, Being a single parent, having, you know, the military pay for my housing Mm -hmm. to um, not have that anymore, to working from um, um, having a a decrease in income, there were times, you know, I've, I've faced eviction. I've faced having my car repossessed. I've taken dead end jobs just to keep myself above water. Um, and if I knew then what I know now, like now I'm, you know, I work as a government contractor for the Marine Corps. If I knew then, if I had like knew, had the information, then what I know now, I feel like I probably would have never, um, went through what I did, but, you know, things happen for a reason. Um, you know, the universe puts you on this path for a reason. Um, and it's taken up until now to like, kind of accept it. Got it. Well, a number one, I'm glad you're okay. I'm (laughs) glad you're doing some incredible things in the world of professional wrestling. And we're going to get to in just a little bit, but, when you were getting started, you know, obviously, you know, you're transitioning into the wrestling broadcasting space. So when you started out, you know, what was the best piece of advice that anyone gave you as you were transitioning into wrestling into the broadcasting space? Um, so I have before I started with uh, my first promotion, I had reached out to Sam Laterna. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I reached out to Sam. I reached out to Alyssa. And it was just a matter of making sure I get my reps in. Um, it was, you know, the first, my first year, it was kind of frustrating. Um, luckily, I was able to get bookings outside of Virginia. But, you know, it was still kind of frustrating that, you know, I don't, um, I wasn't, uh, wasn't able to get more bookings um, to kind of like prove 
myself out there. And then like over the summer, I sat down with John Alba and he went through all my stuff. And then he was like, hey, look, like, don't beat yourself up. You're still new. It's going to take at least five years to like finally get your um, foot in the door and um, get things going. So um, this year I'm being a little bit more generous with myself. Um, and, you know, I'm still getting the opportunities. You know, Missy has me doing play-by-play -play for her new promotion, um, which is a blessing because um, obviously she sees something in me. Um, you know, I um, – said last year I wanted to work during WrestleMania weekend. I have a booking during that week. So um, it's just, I went from focusing on my long-term goals, which frustrated me because I felt like I could never get there to focusing on like each of my short-term goals. Right. And um, first off, before we go any further, huge shout out to John Alba. He's, um, I work with him at the, uh, the world famous monster factory He's a, he's a wrestling manager there for World Renown, which we hate World Renown, but <laughs> in, in, in the real world, you know, John Alba is is truly one of the good people in this industry. Mm -hmm. And I, I urge anybody that is trying to get into the ring announcing, you know, commentator, you know, space, or even as a, as a wrestling manager or whether it's journalism or anything of the sort, hit up John Alba on Twitter, uh, Instagram, at John Alba, J-O-N-A-L-B-A, and go to his um information as far as shooting him um an, an email and as far as getting on his getting on his calendar as far as seeing what he could do as far as getting taking one of his courses because he we he and I have talked you know in the past mm -hmm. about a couple things and he was extremely helpful and an and a great great resource so I definitely encourage anybody to uh, to reach out to him so as you've been working you know like I said and we crossed paths about 2 years ago you know just on social media what has been some of the challenges as a woman in this industry? Um, I, just being a woman in general, um, uh, I could say like personally, you know, I've been, most people, I've been told by some promoters that they were, that most people worry about looks, how you look. So that was kind of like an insecurity of mine. Um, I've been body shamed by some promoters. Um, by the way, and, and let me just say this, by the way, to that individual that did body shame you, I actually knew about that incident. And mm -hmm. that in, that individual is no longer a, is promoting any wrestling whatsoever. And I'm, I actually am using my platform to let everyone know that that, in, that actual situation was handled. Trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, dealing with that, um, it's, I kind of, when I pull from like stuff to study from, I don't pull from wrestling. I do, but I also, I see myself like overall in the world of sports. So I'll look at Joy Taylor. Um, there's, I can't think of her name, but she does play by play for ESPN, the college football. Um, so, you know, I kind of get my inspiration and um, 
you know, if they're able to do it, you know, I can do it. Yeah, and I think it's good that you're going outside of wrestling because obviously, you know, they tell you, you know, look at old tapes, look at, you know, this, or look at Lillian Garcia, you being a female, Lillian Garcia, Samantha Irvin, and who is doing tremendous work right now with WWE. You know, I personally, I personally watch uh, Melissa Santos. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, but even even like Joy like Joy Taylor, who is doing good work on Speak on uh, FS1. Shout out to Joy Taylor. Who does awesome work and who's climbed the ranks in the um in the sports media um space <laughs> but you mentioned it earlier and we'll talk about uh, bell to bell in just a moment so name some of the promotions that you have worked for not that one we talked about before but name some of the ones that you have worked for and what those experiences were like for you um so i got my foot in the door of pro wrestling magic um in richville park new jersey um, you know, Steve off and Rob Williams. Gave hey, me a Steve off. Huge shout out to Steve off. My yeah. man. Um, you know, I'm, I'll be forever grateful to them. Um, I've also worked, um, for an all female promotion that's no longer existing. Um, that's where I met Missy. Um, I've worked next up pro, which is actually technically my home promotion in Hampton, Virginia. Um, Pro Wrestling Vibe, which is a LGBTQ plus promotion. Um, I had the opportunity to go. Well, my job actually had me on the West Coast um, in Oregon. And luckily, I was able to call um, the Queen of Thorns tournament for DOA in Portland, Oregon. I remember reading about that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, a fight. Um, in uh, Maryland, um, it was in DC, but you know, um, don't DC don't really like independent wrestling. So <laughs> we've had to move everything. All the DC promotions pretty much had to move from working in either Northern Virginia or um, the Maryland area. May I ask, um, what's the what was the issue in regards to DC? Was it was it more or less no fans? Or, I mean, just explain. No, the fans. The fans wanted um, wrestling in D.C. It was the commission that was giving the promotions a hard time um, with their outrageous fees. Um, the I don't want to put accusations out there, but, you know, the doctors were kind of overstepping their boundaries with some of the... Um, yeah, with some of the workers. So it was to a point like where we would um, promote somebody, but that day the doctors disqualified them. Wow. So, yeah, um, but it was just mostly the unethical practices from the D.C. Commission, which um, they're fighting. It's... Um, on the city count, I think it's on the city council level. Um, I think there's supposed to be some court stuff happening, but okay. you know, hopefully, it gets you know it gets situated and we can bring the um, independence back to DC because we have a lot of great talent in the DC area. You know, Trisha Dora came yes. from there. Um, Eel O'Neill, um, Jordan Blade. You know, all of 
all of us, you know, collectively, you know, great talent um, is just like, you know, need to shine more. And yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope that that situation gets resolved because that's an incredible area to tap into with talent wise and the fans mm -hmm. and there's money to be made. So, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why, why mess it up? You know what I mean? So, yeah, but, I mean, we were if money was being made, but the commission took it. Oh, well, that'll that'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah. This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. So you alluded to it, and we'll we'll go right into it. You know, I had Missy Sampson um, on the show a few week, a few episodes ago. Check it out at um, thedlupodcast.com. You can check out Missy Sampson's interview. She is the um, the promoter, the owner of the new all women's promotion, Bell to Bell, in which I, which Savannah Gall will be doing commentary for. So, number one, I wanted to ask, how do you feel? Now that there is a, a not only there is an all women's promotion, but it's actually being ran by a woman who's going to look out for everybody. Talk about that a little bit and how the selection process went in regards to you being brought on board. So to me, I prefer women's wrestling being ran by a woman because we have seen most instances out on the indies um Males trying to run women's promotions and nothing good comes out of it. Um, you, you know, betcha. getting taken advantage of, mm -hmm. um, you know, financially, emotionally, all of this. Right. Um, so, I'm, and Missy's with her experience and her background, she's the perfect person to run um, this promotion. Um, because when I first started out at where we met, you know, she was running the locker room. Um, she looked out for us. Um, you know, it was kind of crazy how like me and her crossed paths, you know, I was, I think it was like my second show and I was, um, shadowing Rosaria and, um, she didn't know who I was, so at the, at the time, so um, you know, uh, it's like when I say she's very protective of her locker room, she's very protective of her locker room. And I can so, and let me say um, I can and I and I can just say I'm <laughs> I'm actually one month older than Missy, and she still looks out for me like I'm her own child. So she mm -hmm. looks out for she definitely looks out for everybody for sure, one hundred percent. You know, getting to know Missy, she's the only person I'll take constructive criticism from. Um, 
when it, you know, when it comes to um, how to like navigate um, through this business. Cause like I said, like when I first started um, training and everything, I was introduced to the bad side yeah. of the wrestling business. Right. So, um, you know, as far as the selection process, um, Missy is going to put who she wants, um, you know, in her show. And Rosaria and I have worked. Um, she's based out of Baltimore. She's actually the first person I shadowed under because um, she's um, she does CZW in a couple of promotions in Maryland. And she was actually the first person I shadowed under when it came to um, doing wrestling broadcasting. And now me and her are uh, doing commentary together. That's awesome. I want to first and foremost congratulate you on, number one, becoming a broadcaster for the brand new promotion, Bell to Bell. Um, March 2nd, um, you can uh, check out the very first event for Bell to Bell. Tickets are on sale now. If you go to belltobell.com, and it is spelled B-E-L-L-E. The number two, B-E-L-L. That's Bell to Bell. And like I said, an all-women's promotion ran by a woman. So I'm actually going to be in the house as a fan. You know, I'm just going to just enjoy the show. And I know a lot of the talents that are on there. And obviously, you know, shout out to Gabby Ortiz, Vicious Vicky, uh, Miranda Vinette, Christina Marie. The list goes on and on of the talented women that are going to be on this roster. And the roster is going to grow and grow and grow. And like I said, if you want to Listen to uh, more in regards to what Bell to Bell is all about. Again, check out the archives at thedlupodcast.com. So you're a writer for Wrestling Republic. <laughs> Talk about that. I mean, listen, you do it all. I mean, you served our country. You know, you're a you're a you're a full you're a mom. You know, you're doing it, you're doing the thing. You know, you're involved in wrestling and now you're a writer. So talk about your your responsibilities as a writer for Wrestling Republic. So, um, kind of a bittersweet story of how I actually came back into as far as the wrestling business, like actually being involved. Um, my grandfather um, was um, in hospice at the time. And, you know, I was scrolling, you know, trying to find something to take my mind off of everything. I was scrolling and I happened to see Wrestling Republic was uh, looking for writers. So I emailed them, um, sent them. I actually sent them my high school stuff because I was a writer um, for my school newspaper my senior year. Okay. Um, and then um, at the time I, I wrote up something randomly about Bray Wyatt and sent it in. Um, and then was automatically brought on. Um, I've been there since uh, late 2021. And um, now I'm head of scouting, which um, I like to cover the indies. I don't, as much as, you know, other people like to write for WWE and AEW, I feel like it's too much dirt sheet stuff. I'd rather highlight the indies and the up-and-comers. So um, that's what I've been doing as, as far as my writing. Um, and I try to each month 
um, showcase at least 10 wrestlers that, you know, folks should be working out, um, looking at, and I kind of like focus on each region. Um, and then a little bit later, I'll um, start going internationally. Well, I got to tell you, I think publications like that is important, you know, because obviously when you're highlighting the independent circuit, you know, that is to me the bread and butter of the business, because mm -hmm. where are they looking for new talent? The Indies. Where are they looking mm -hmm. for the next superstar to main event WrestleMania? The independent circuit. Heck, when Cody mm -hmm. Rhodes left WWE in 2016, where did he go? He went to the independent circuit. When Drew mm -hmm. McIntyre got let go in, was it 2014, wherever it was, he went right to the Indies and he was killing it. So, I mean, the bread and butter, and I think over the last maybe seven to eight years, I wouldn't say the last 10 years, the Indies has really revived itself. And now mm -hmm. there's so much money to be made on the independence because the fans want it. And thus, the, the now there has wrestlers that can truly make a living off of doing this. So mm -hmm. I encourage a lot of people to support your local indie wrestling promotions that are out there. I don't care what part of the the the, 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 the part of the, the United States you're in or internationally, if you listen to this um outside of the United States, you know, support your local independent wrestling promotion because you never know who's gonna which one you'll support is gonna be main eventing WrestleMania. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, you're currently in school for journalism at Virginia Commonwealth University. Now, I would imagine doing a lot of your writing led you to this decision and going and, and going back to school? Um, so, I mean, going, the journalism thing was my goal, like, um, the whole time. I had, you know, I had a dear friend, elderly friend that was my next door neighbor back in Cincinnati that encouraged my writing. Um, and then I enjoyed it in high school. Um, and then, it kind of like because of the way my time in the Navy was, I was always out to sea, um, always on deployments. I really didn't have the time to um, go to school. Um, and then, you know, I had my son in 2014. And um, that's when, you know, for him, it's like, yeah, I really need to go to school and get my degree. Um, so, it's been a while, you know, it's been a long journey, but, you know, I'm hoping <laughs> the end is near and I can finally have that degree. Well, I'm pulling for you, you know, to get that degree and take your career to the next level in, in greater heights for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you talked about your son and, and we're going to talk about this right now. So you're residing in Richmond and how are you able to balance? And I, cause I marvel at people that are parents that they still are trying to, you know, live their goals and dreams, but you're able to manage all of those things. How do you compartmentalize all of those things, Savannah, and making sure that, A, you know, your son is, you know, taken care of, and then you got to make your bookings, and then there's work, and then there's school, all these things. So how are you able to juggle all of those things at the same time? My family, uh, my family, I actually, I was in, I recently moved to Richmond. I was in, um, still in Norfolk, the whole time. Um, and, you know, my transition was so bad, you know, my parents had intervened and helped me with them because, you know, as a single parent, um, and then finally got a job in the DC area and I was finally able to move. But, you know, my parents have been a huge help to me 
you know, throughout, you know, my son's life. Um, and then, you know, funny how you say balance, because I know I had to do one CW last weekend. My son had a, a 4-H presentation in the morning. And as soon as he was done, we got in the car and went to one CW. Um, so I'm starting to take him with me to bookings. At the same time, he has his baseball so I let him do that. I let him do his 4-H um, with the help of my parents. Um, but, you know, another thing that the Navy taught me was working under pressure. And, you know, that's something that I'm good at. You know what? The, when we're under pressure, it brings out the absolute best in us as humans. So yeah. you know, I wish you all the best in continuing, you know, obviously with motherhood and, and everything with school and, and pro wrestling. So you mentioned, you know, some of your short-term goals and your long-term goals. Let's break those down. So what are some of those immediate short-term goals and what is that long-term goal for Savannah goal? Um, short-term, obviously, you know, get more bookies. There are, you know, my dream promotions, um, you know, West Coast, uh, I want to work Defy. I've been to a couple of their shows while I was out there and absolutely loved it. Um, beyond here on the East Coast, I would like to work with them. Um, you know, Black Label Pro out in the Midwest. I would also like to go back home to Cincinnati and work a couple of um, promotions there. Um, internationally, you know, a lot of people... Um, want to work, you know, New Japan and a lot of Japanese promotions as an English commentator. I actually want to work uh, WXW Germany <laughs> as um, a broadcaster. Um, you know, long term, you know, if there was any big promotion, you know, it would be between Ring of Honor and TNA. Um, and if it doesn't work out in wrestling, hey, you know, I'm a sports person. I could branch out. And, you know, I love talking about the Bengals. I love, um, you know, the Reds. Um, I'm hoping to start, you know, my own podcast and my own channel. And, you know, kind of like you, not just cover wrestling, but to branch out and talk about other sports. Um so, yeah, those are my goals. And, you know, we're in the beginning of 2024, um, you know, have a whole year. And I hope, you know, I hit all those spots. Well, Renee Paquette, you know, does some stuff with the Bengals outside of AEW. So, I mean, the sky's mm -hmm. the limit. You know, if you have the passion to drive, you know, and the determination to, you know, to spread your wings and do some incredible mm -hmm. things in the sports and entertainment space. Hey, you never know. You might be covering the Oscars mm -hmm. someday. You never know. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, hey, listen, you know, I don't know if you're a Swifty or not, but hey, you know, Taylor Swift mm -hmm. has made her way into, 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 and I'm not trying to say nothing bad about the Swifties. I don't want nothing bad happening to me. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but look how she's influenced millions of people of her fan base to turn into football. So it's like, you <laughs> never know as far as you using all of these experiences that take you to another, uh, to another stratosphere that you never thought you could ever dream of. But it's all about the, the things that you learned in the Navy, things that you learned from your family. One more um, question I have for you is if you could tell me one funny story that you've experienced in wrestling, 
Uh, oh gosh. Um, I would say the majority of my fun times have always happened with, you know, Billy Dixon and, um, Elijah Friday, because, you know, we we've came up together, went to the same uh, school. Um, Pro Wrestling Vibe is actually Billy's promotion and, you know, working with him. I would say, looking back at it now, it seemed kind of messed up how. So we had to... Um, there was the main event for a show. It was Killian McMurphy and E the Surreal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Killian, we were trying to um, bring out Killian's character. He had, he was supposed to do a presidential inauguration. It was sponsored by Chick-fil-A. Um, and then those that are aware with the LGBTQ community knows the Chick-fil-A does not support the LGBTQ community. So me and Billy are creative people. And so we, we were trying to tell a story um, with that, you mm -hmm. know, involved like trying to hype up the, um, the match. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened the presidential um, inauguration that Killian was throwing was sponsored by Chick-fil-A. So I cut a promo in front of Chick-fil-A, <laughs> you oh know, after God. hours. Yeah, it was, you know, after hours, I was hyping up the shows, um, saying, you know, the workers were working relentlessly to get all the food and stuff ready for um, the inauguration. Um, so we have put that out. We brought up um, Caitlyn Jenner in the um because killian was dedicating it to caitlin jenner so you know we this is great all of it so we we put it out um you know edith was in character you know she um she said something in regards to killian mcmurphy but i guess people took her serious and you know how the iwc is it got oh, blown up, got right. blown up out of proportion. <laughs> and um, the, it lasted at least 72 hours. So me being who I am, I'm not, I don't like offending anybody. You know, I'm like the biggest, hugest ally for the LGBTQ plus community. Same here, same here. Um, mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know, I was kind of getting, you know, kind of, um, hey, <laughs> I just started out here and, you know, I, me personally, I wasn't getting shots thrown at. It was more towards, you know, Killian and um, the promotion. But um, that right there, I mean, it was kind of funny, but that right there we got um, for QWI Feud of the Year between Killian wow. and, and Edith, because what I did and what I helped with kind of it solidified the feud that they were doing and it went to other promotions and, you know, other people were able to see that. And it makes me feel good that, you know, I was a part of it. 
incredible. That's awesome. That's a good story. Yeah. Where can the people reach out to you, social media, you know, the whole nine yards? Um, on Twitter, um, SavannahRG513. Um, Instagram, SavannahRay here, um, which <laughs> kind of um, Billy and Elijah um, and Gabriel Kai kind of um, – because when I start out my interviews, I'll be like, is Savannah Ray here at this promotion? And they like to make fun of it. So I was like, you know what? That's going to be my catchphrase. And I'm going to use that as my IG handle. And I'm going to use that as my merch. Um, but pretty much those two, um, Twitter, X, and um, Instagram, I'm trying to get the energy to um, start my TikTok stuff back up, too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Savannah, you know, it's been an honor and a privilege to have you on the DLU podcast to tell your story, not just in the world of professional wrestling, but obviously with life in the military, you know, and I want to thank mm -hmm. you for serving our country. You know, I, I'm, I pride myself on whenever I see, you know, a veteran of any of our armed forces, I shake their hand, I look them in the eye and mm -hmm. I say, thank you for serving. I'm telling you, you know, thank you for all that you've done for our country and serving and what you're continuing to do in the role of professional mm -hmm. wrestling. And I'm sure our careers hopeful to, to cross paths sooner mm -hmm. than later. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> all right. Well, that does it for this week's edition of the DLU Podcast. I want to thank Savannah Gall for stopping by to talk about all that she's doing and an incredible story. And I hope that you all support her in all aspects of her career and what she's doing in the world of professional wrestling. Speaking of world of professional wrestling, this Saturday night, you could check me out at the world famous Monster Factory for Monsters Are Real. Tickets are on sale now at monsterfactory.org or, of course, you can show up before bell time, which is at 7 p.m. this Saturday at the door. Again, I'm telling you, all reasonable prices and, of course, nonstop action, that's for sure. By the way, the event is headlined by a two out of three falls match for the Monster Factory Heavyweight Championship as the champion David Goldie defends against his former best friend and former Monster Factory Heavyweight Champion Wet Brett Waters. Again, that's Monsters Are Real. Doors open at 6, bell time's at 7 p.m. Once again, I want to remind you guys to subscribe, no matter which platform that you're on. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, you name it. Every single episode you'll get. Oh, and also Pandora. I can't forget about them. Shout out to them for having the new podcast and carrying it. But yeah, you can actually get all new content every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Also, my YouTube channel. I'm going to be uploading video content as well on my YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com forward slash the real DT Lou. You'll be able to see the video version of this interview that I did with Savannah Gall. In addition to the interview I did with Missy Sampson a few weeks back and last December with, uh, with former UFC fighter, Chris Cyborg. So make sure you check that out. My song, my single, Espacion, with Angie Stars is on all platforms as well. So make sure you stream that. The music video is also on my YouTube channel in addition to the Vivo app, Apple Music, and Tidal. Don't forget to follow me on social media on all platforms at The Real DT Lou, except for Facebook, which is Derek T. Lewis' official page. Well, I'm going to get out of here, guys. And like I always say, no matter what it is you do in life, always remember to make it count. See you next time. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.